Hi, I'm Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. Jesus, there's victory. All the chains that were holding me kept me locked in captivity. Have been broken by grace so free. When he poured out his cleansing blood, motivated by his great love. Give me faith, I need to rise above. Sing a song of how I've overcome I've got victory over sin Bringing peace to the fight within Give me strength, I need to start again I've got victory over sin He gives me victory over sin Good afternoon, Treasure Valley. My name is Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. I hope you're having a good Saturday afternoon first part of this show, what we attempt to do is to explain what Victory Over Sin is and who supports us in this effort. Victory Over Sin is funded by the Southwest Council for St. Vincent de Paul here in southern Idaho in the Treasure Valley. Uh, What we attempt to do is to be an advocacy organization for people who have been incarcerated and explain to the rest of the world, you out there, what it's like to be incarcerated and what it's like to come out of the system and live on parole. So that is our mission. That is our goal. And we appreciate that you're listening to us this Saturday afternoon. We do a radio show every week, and we've been doing it for about three and a half years now. So if you go back to the archives of KBXL and you look under local shows, you can find Victory Over Sin, and you can flip through all those shows. You will see all sorts of people who have been on the radio program with us, state senators, uh, heads of Department of Corrections, uh, politicians, some people back east, pretty much anybody that works in the community of helping people as they come out of incarceration. And we continue to do that. It really becomes a good body of work if you're trying to, let's say, understand something about the Department of Corrections and the people who actually are in the system and who are returning from the system. Uh, in addition to that, we also do a PowerPoint presentation that we're happy to share with your business, with your church, with your support group, or whatever. And you can uh, get in touch with me, and we will come out and present what is about a 20-minute PowerPoint. In that PowerPoint, we'll talk about the issues that affect people as they come out of incarceration. The great thing about it is that it is led by a person who's been incarcerated and who is back in the community. And it's meant to spark discussion about the issues that we present. And then we'll have a discussion about it, and that person then can lead and uh, uh, oversee the conversation that happens afterward. So if you're interested in that, Towards the end of the show, I'll let you know how to get in touch with me, and we'll be happy to provide that information for you. Uh, So that essentially is our mission in terms of, as we go forward here working in the community, to educate you, the Idahoan, about what it's like to be incarcerated. We've had some interesting things happen if you've been listening to the news this week. Certainly we have uh, Josh T. Walt is the director of the Department of Corrections. He presented his budget to the legislature and asked for actually a 12% increase in the Department of Corrections. He wants to do some innovative things. Uh, I had a chance this week to be uh, around him in a couple different settings, as well as one with the governor in which uh, he was talking about corrections. So I think you're going to see a very interesting dialogue come about in the legislative session about the Department of Corrections. And if you want to be knowledgeable, you should be. If you've been listening to our shows, you understand. I would encourage you at any point in time, especially if you've been in the system, to reach out to your local politician and tell your story about what's going on and what's happened to you. If you need any help with that, or if you're looking for some support as you go forward in the community, you should come by our office because we have an office now at 8620 West Emerald. 
That's Suite 140. It's on the corner of Benjamin and Emerald. Uh, we're open from 9 to 12, Monday through Friday. So any of these things interest you or you need some support, drop by there and we'll go from there. We've got another one of those uh, those nice people who are helping people who are returning citizens in the studio today. And we'll be right back to talk to her. The United States has the highest percentage of its population in prison in the world. That's one in 200 Americans are currently serving time in a federal or local prison. As of May 2017, Idaho has 8,223 men and women incarcerated and another 17,201 on probation and parole. So upon release from prison, who works with these individuals and families to help them transition back into our community? This is done by what we call Returning Citizens Resources and coffee shop. We offer them a cup of coffee and some resources and information to help get them on solid footing with their faith, their recovery, and to begin their new life as our neighbor. It's designed for the offender's first stop from the institution. If you'd like to help us help them, please contact Mark Rennick at 629-8861. That's area code 208-629-8861. And if you're out in the desert needing any help for your transition, we pay for that call. Um, honored today to have a person who I've just kind of met really recently, but she does some really good stuff for people who are inside the system and who are outside the system. Uh, Kaylin Rogers is here. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is fun, actually. Um, you were, if you'd have told me five, six, seven, even eight years ago that we'd be talking about yoga in prison with a woman doing it in the men's prison, I would have been very, very surprised. But you are the founder of Upward Inertia, right? Mm-hmm. Good deal. Tell me a little bit about Upward Inertia. So Upward Inertia is a fairly new nonprofit to the Treasure Valley. Um, It stemmed from a year and a half of volunteer work that I was doing at the Idaho State Correctional Institute. Um, And just really seeing how valuable that work was and how much people were buying into it, I decided I really wanted to reach as many people as I could and launched this nonprofit to make it a full-scale venture, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, So our mission is to improve the mental, physical, and emotional health and well-being of marginalized populations through the use of therapeutic yoga and wellness education. Mm -hmm. And we, this first year, are really focusing in on the prison system, so all of the correctional facilities, um, the reentry centers, the uh, problem-solving courts, so veterans court, mental health court, and then also working with probation and parole. It's ambitious. Yeah. Uh, this, this all came from your background, and you're an East Coast person by nature? Mm-hmm. Okay, so where are you from? Um, I grew up in New Jersey, and I- What city in New Jersey? Uh, it's called Monroe Township. It's about a half an hour from Rutgers University, okay. and until I was in middle school, it wasn't on a map, so. It's very different there than here, correct? Grew up there? It's hard to- so I've lived. Isn't it in hard many, to describe describe all that area? Is so 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 different than Idaho. So honestly, I think that where I grew up is pretty similar to Meridian. Oh, oh really? Really? Um, lots of strip malls, big roads like Eagle Road. Um, yeah. Lots of housing developments, but as far as the culture, it's very different. So New Jersey, in my opinion, is more about like, you know, the rat race and having the nice car and the big house and there's less of an emphasis on health and wellness. And Mm -hmm. so I think for me, being somebody who really appreciates movement and different fitness forms and wellness and doesn't buy in as much to, you know, the expectation of buying a house and having that white picket fence, Boise has been a much better fit for Mm -hmm. my lifestyle and my goals and values. Um, And you went from there to South Carolina for like school too, right? 
So I went to undergrad in upstate New York and grad school in South Carolina. What state up upstate? Where in upstate? Rochester. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I lived in Virginia for a while and then I lived in Asia for a year. So I've been. Really? What part of Asia? I didn't. I backpacked, so I spent about a month in each country, and I really just went to learn everything I could. So I did an Ayurveda training and a Thai massage training and stayed with families and hiked for a month and, you know, just tried to take in everything that I could get from those cultures um, mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have the opportunity to study here or to study in the same way. Well, that is very brave. I didn't know that. So you learn something every day. That's fantastic. Yeah. So uh, that, that brings even more credibility to the work you're doing, I would think, right? I hope so. Yeah. Um, I've done a lot of studying of Eastern approaches to health and wellness. And, you know, I studied Ayurveda, which is the Indian health science attached to yoga in India. And, um, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm a big nerd. So I'm always looking to learn more and to to build my skill sets. That's and, fantastic. I just, I can't, uh, the uh, the effort that took, so that was before South Carolina? That was after South after, Carolina. Okay. So that's good. So you get all that and then you've got this experience. How do you land in Boise, Idaho? I knew I wanted to move west. I thought I would, I mean, I wanted to go to college in California and my mom didn't want me to go that far at 17. She was like, you're not moving across the country. So moving west has always been on my radar. When I got back from Asia, I just couldn't really handle the East Coast rush anymore. Yeah, it's a different, uh, it, people, because I, I have to go back to New York for mm-hmm. some stuff with that where I was trained and I, it just, I don't know how people can do that. It's so foreign to me to mm-hmm. you know to survive in new york city or the, and they love it yeah and i think certain people that's definitely where they thrive yeah they do um for me it was pretty clear very quickly that that wasn't where i was gonna stay and i started looking for jobs i was looking in boulder and seattle and kind of the bigger names that people on the east coast know mm-hmm. most people on the east coast don't have much of a connection with idaho that's true um and this was before everyone was moving here so it wasn't on all the top 10 lists yet but um yeah, I found a job that really aligned with what I was looking for. I'm a therapist by trade, so I got a job at St. Luke's and came out for the interview and just kind of fell in love with everything here. My boss, I immediately felt a great connection with, and I got offered that job on the spot. So it was pretty clear, like, I was supposed to come this direction yep. and moved out here three years ago and just... Well, the thing that I know, I haven't known you that long, but uh, the... Um the strength and the drive in terms of what you're doing is impressive, and uh, I'm happy that it's directed towards a population that I care strongly about, and that's uh, those of us who have been incarcerated and coming out of it. So uh, it's powerful that you actually succeeded in getting a program in a men's facility right away. Talk about a little bit about how that happened, if you don't mind. Um, so like I said, I worked in the hospital system. I'm an occupational therapist and a yoga therapist, mm-hmm. and I felt like within the, within the healthcare model, there's just a lot that isn't necessarily valued in the way that I feel like it could be. You know, we're very much focused on quick fixes and band-aids. And I really take approach... Take a pill, take a pill. Take exactly. I really approach wellness from this holistic standpoint. And generally, everything has underlying reasons. So if somebody has depression or anxiety, like what is beneath that? What are those events that have happened in their life? Chronic pain, like what trauma is underlying that? And so I just felt like I had this skill set that while my coworkers appreciated it, it wasn't necessarily used the way that I felt like it could be within the medical model. And I started looking for outlets to volunteer. And when I really started thinking about like who could use this skill set, I wanted to offer it to people who wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity and who probably needed it the most. And the more that I started thinking about who those groups were, 
I just realized that every single one of them was represented within the prison Mm -hmm. and felt like that was really a clear place to start. Um, So I reached out to a couple different volunteer coordinators kind of on a whim and just asked like, hey, I have this this class I'd love to offer. At that point, it was just a class. I said, I'd really love to offer it. Would you be open to it? And within 24 hours, the volunteer coordinator at ISCI got back to me and said he'd love to have me come out. Um, so, you know, you kind of, would, kind of would expect that maybe there was some resistance, but I didn't get that at all. And, as and you were doing that in the chapel at first, right? Yep. So I started in the chapel and I started with about eight guys. And I would say within three months, the class had outgrown the classroom and they moved me into the education building. So now my class, depending on the week, it, it varies, but I would say there's always at least 15 people. And last class, I think we had 25 yeah. Um, so the class has grown and now we're housed in the education building and, you know, we've gotten great reception from everyone who works. And again, at and again I think I, I, this is a, a tribute again um, to the fact that, again, I've been out of prison for eight and a half years. None of this would have happened when I got out and started doing those sorts of things. None of what I talked about earlier and being in a room with uh, the director and with the governor in terms of talking about stuff would have ever happened. So when you look at the progression, if you're listening to us in the in the system out there now in the desert, uh, a lot of this stuff is is very. We're making progress, as I guess is what I'm saying. So, sure. I, I you know wave a flag of support for you in terms of what you're doing to allow you to come into education and to do that is a big deal because those classrooms are all booked up and uh, the warden out there, Mr. Martinez and uh, Mr. Valley, Warden Valley, who have approved you that they need to, that's um, that extends themselves and a lot of times you will say to. Uh, say a director, why have, why can't we do that? And if you just ask, you can usually do that. And that's what you're finding. And that's been what I've found too. So if you're listening to us and you're driving around, a lot of this stuff's changing and it needs your input also to help us change it because she's opening doors that uh, need to be open for us. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah. So that's actually cool. So give me what a, first of all, you want to talk about what therapeutic yoga is, or you want to talk about what a typical class looks like inside the prison and maybe outside the prison. You you, you lead the discussion wherever you want to go. Sure. So I think when most people hear the words yoga, mm-hmm. um, they think of a very specific, like trying to contort your body into weird positions. Right. Um, and that's not what yoga is meant to be. That is very much what it has become in the West because I think a lot of people approach it from an exercise mentality. But yoga itself has eight different branches and like meditation, breathing, mindfulness, those are all included in what yoga at its core is. So my program really pulls from that model. Um, My classes are two hours long. We start with discussion and we will use, um, you know, yogic lifestyle, I like to call it, but topics like reacting versus responding or nonviolent communication or gratitude and goal setting and We really talk about these things that are going to give people the insight and the tools to change the way that they're approaching the world. Um, And then we'll do a lot of breathing exercises. And we, again, talk about how does the breath affect the nervous system? What are those physiological responses to stress or anger? And how can we learn to control them? Um, We do mindfulness. We do visualization. And we, of course, do do some movement. But it's really focused on a specific goal of like, how can I use this to calm myself or how can I use this to lift myself up if I'm feeling depressed? Um, And so our classes are very much focused on giving people tools that they can use outside of the classroom. And it's I think yoga is this incredibly powerful tool 
that once you tap into and learn how to use, it's always a practice and you always want to keep going to classes and learning more. But it really gives people this skill set that <clears throat> can help them change their whole lives and can change the way that they interact with the world and each other and help them to manage their emotions, to cope, to stay sober. Um, so much of what the people in my class are dealing with comes down to this lack of um, lack of self-efficacy, lack of ability to manage their emotions and regulate the way that they, you know, approach these challenging situations. Okay, so and I, I think those will all be good for somebody that's that's incarcerated, mm-hmm. and that gives them a, certainly a great respite and something to think about while they've got potentially potentially they say a lot of time to consider what's going on in your life and to try to adjust things. So to make you a better kind of quote unquote person while you're incarcerated. Mm-hmm. So I think that that keeps with it. I think um, I'm an advocate that uh, the, per- the first day you go to prison is the day you start planning for your release. And so s- programs like yours, along with the cognitive stuff that the state wants to do, is something that you want to make sure that is available to people so that with everybody getting out, because 97% of those people are going to be released. Mm-hmm. And so let's just make sure that we understand they're all coming. They're all coming back. So yep. you, yeah, I appreciate what you're doing. So that class there, is it the same? I know you do some stuff with Phoenix, and this is going to be the same kind of class there? So our goal is to be in all of the IDOC facilities, the reentry centers, and then also offering classes to probation and parole and um, with the problem-solving courts. And so all of those classes are slated to launch within the next couple weeks. Okay. Um, and they're all going to be a similar format. Um, One of the things that's really important to me is having consistency. So if somebody from ISCI gets released and starts coming to the probation and parole class, they know what to expect. It's a safe space for them. They know, you know, there's not going to be some crazy twists and they can walk in and feel confident that they are ready and mentally prepared to engage. And then it continues from what they were doing. So almost the same, almost the same concept of if I'm going to a 12 step group to a a nationally 12-step group to help me with my addiction or something. It's the same kind of concept. This is going to be a safe place for me to go, mm-hmm. and I'm going to understand and know exactly as opposed to what, uh, hot yoga or something. It's not yeah. going to be totally different. Your brand is going to have, and it's going to have your brand because it's your name on it, essentially, mm-hmm. right? So that's the direction in which you're going, correct? Yeah, and so I'm actually doing research with a professor from Boise State, and we're looking at like, what is the best way to do this? Does it need to be six weeks or nine weeks? Is it better if it's all people with the same type of offenses versus a mixed group? And so we're looking at that and really making sure that what we're offering is the best quality and is evidence-based. Um, and so that's another part of the reason that we want to keep this consistency is because we've already shown that there's improvements in anxiety and depression and anger management, perceived stress and perceived quality of life. And so if we have that evidence to say this works, Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that we're consistently offering that that thing that we know works. Mm-hmm. And I think if you get it, if you do it where it's measurable too, then you're going to get the attention of everybody that's uh, wanting to support you and will support you as you go forward too. So, I that, hope so. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So we talked about the Phoenix in terms of the association there. Uh, there's something coming up in terms of you want to talk about their project for the. Uh, sure. You want to talk about that? So for those of you who don't know, the Phoenix is a sober, active living community. Thank you. Thank you. Um, And they have been incredibly supportive of the work that I'm doing. And a lot of our um, mission and vision very much aligns. So the Phoenix is renting us space, and we're going to be doing our probation and parole classes there. 
Okay. Um, and the goal is that our students will then feel comfortable within that space and can, can transition or do both our classes and the Phoenix's classes and just give them that outlet. Um, so the Phoenix is having an event during Tree Fort. Um, it's kind of affiliated, but not. I think they're calling it a second chance um, ticket or something along those lines. But it's going to be a safe, sober space for individuals who are either struggling with what's happening at Tree Fort or who want an alternate option. Because um, so a lot of people go to Tree Fort for the music, but certainly not for the uh partying and the mm -hmm. availing themselves of certainly it's an, it's an alcoholic kind of situation. So yeah. somebody like me that's an alcoholic wouldn't like to have some place that could go to and kind of have a respite as I wanted to listen to the music I wanted to listen to. Yeah. And yeah. so I, they're still working everything out and they've invited upward inertia to be a part of that. Good. Um, and they're bringing in some community organizations. I know it's really important to them to showcase like everything that's in the treasure Valley that is working to help individuals in recovery Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not sure exactly what it looks like yet, but I do know there's going to be some classes. There's going to be fitness classes. There's going to be a couple bands. Um, it, it should be a really great venue and a really, a really great way for people to still be involved in Tree Fort without feeling that temptation or that pressure to engage. Yeah, I love in. it. I love it. I love it. Because I, I, we've had Ginny on the program. We haven't had Scott yet, but we probably should. And maybe we do it around this that yeah. topic in terms of that. So that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, they, those are good people. And uh, I think the... If you've listened to me over any period of time, you understand that what we're attempting to do for you as you're coming out of incarceration is to provide a community for those of us who have been incarcerated that we can succeed because parole is difficult. And this just adds to it. I, I love the concept. Fantastic. Yeah. You're also doing a real big fundraiser that we're going to be a part of. And uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So our first big scale fundraiser um, I'm calling it a soiree because a gala sounds a little mm -hmm. bit too much for soiree me to plan. Soiree is more elegant. Yeah. It. Um, so it's going to be at Jump, and it is on April 9th from 7.30 to 10 p.m. It's going to be a cocktail party with desserts and a raffle and a live auction. We have a harp player. Um, so the local band Wend, mm -hmm. um, Riley, who is, I guess, the head of that band, um, has volunteered her time to come play the harp and the piano and oh. create beautiful ambiance music. And cool. um, Ophidia is going to be lending us their silks and a few of their performers. So we'll have aerial performers throughout the evening. Fantastic. Um, and we're getting some really great donations in. So there will be a raffle and a live auction. And it's just going to be a night of fun. And really our hope is that through this event, we can reach the community and let everyone know what we're doing and why it's so important. Um, the more people that are there, obviously the better. So if you're hearing this, please come tell your friends. Are there going to be, a, is there going to be tickets or anything like that? Tickets are actually already on sale on Eventbrite and the first okay. hundred people to buy tickets are going to get it like a swag bag. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, so Christina Ann Cakes is donating some desserts that are going to go in the bag. Um, I think she mentioned cake pops and there you go. things like that. And then we have some upward inertia gear that's going to be in there. And so Sign up quick, and then you can get one of those bags. And so how do they do that? Do you go to Eventbrite? Is that what you yep. want people so to the, do? Yep, so the event is called Share the Sweetness. Okay. Um, and if you Google Share the Sweetness Boise, you will find it should be the first Eventbrite. listing on Eventbrite. Um, and tickets are already on sale. You can buy a single ticket, a ticket for a couple. And, of course, it doesn't need to be a romantic partner. But if you have a friend you want to come with, you get a little bit of a discount. And then there's also tickets for tables that are on sale. Cool. Okay, I thought I'd love that idea. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the future and where you're going. Uh, this is ambitious, and um, I love the spirit that you have in terms of making this um, statewide program and, and how you're, you're doing it in such a professional manner. But let's talk about where you want this to go. 
So like I said, my goal is really this year to be in all of those facilities, um, the six minimum medium security prisons, the reentry centers. And uh, in addition to so doing that, you need more support. You're training people to come mm-hmm. alongside you. Training might not be the right word, but you're educating people to come alongside you to represent you and those mm-hmm. entities, I so, assume. So we're going to have a training program offered in the beginning of 2021 to train other teachers. So we're looking for people who are either mental health providers or yoga teachers who have comfort in at least one of those realms. Um, and then we're going to provide a training that gives a curriculum and, you know, education on trauma-informed yoga and nonviolent communication and discussion facilitation so that there really can be this consistent offering. Once that program launches um, and we have some more teachers, I would really love to see expansion out to um, other facilities in Idaho. I mean, I physically can't get to Pocatello, but it would be great to have representation there. Um, to have some programs in other regions so that probation and parole Mm -hmm. classes can happen for people who aren't in Boise. Um, And I would love to see our program expand to populations that are at risk. So working with youth in areas that have a higher crime rate or working with um, individuals who are homeless or who have a history of addiction, maybe at the recovery centers, Um, Because I think a really big piece is getting people before they get into trouble, giving them the tools early enough that they can reroute their life and, you know, not end up in that situation that then has so many secondary effects of now you have a record. And, you know, if we can get people early, then that would be wonderful. And so that's one of our goals for 2021. Cool. Well, I uh, like I said, I um, it's a pleasure to. Um, we were talking before on air about different people that we run across, and every once in a while, you catch these personalities in the line of work that we interact with, and you see a spirit in them that says that they're going someplace. And we were talking about a mutual man that we'd met, and so I see that in you, and that's so that's so cool. So Thank I'm glad you. to be associated with you, and I really appreciate you coming on. I look forward to your success, and we'll continue to support you any way we can. Okay. Thank you for having me and for your support. I really appreciate it. You got it. Through Jesus, there's victory. All the chains that were holding me kept me locked in captivity. Have been broken by grace so free. When he poured out his cleansing blood, motivated by his great love. Give me faith, I need to rise above And sing a song of how I've overcome I've got victory over sin Bringing peace to the fight within Give me strength, I need to start again I've got victory over sin He gives me victory Okay, that was fun. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, if you need more information about anything that she wanted to say, or I can connect you up, you can get in touch with me. I'm fairly easy to reach. You can reach out to me at www.systemicchangeofid.com. I can, I can send me an email at systemicchangeofidaho, and it's all spelled out there at gmail.com. We're on Facebook under Systemic Change of ID. We're on Instagram, Systemic Change of ID. You can even call us on the phone if you want to at area code 208 208- 
Look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin.